What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony. I am your host, Tony. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it again. And would you look at that? We are already halfway through October. Time flies by, don't it? Um, yeah, we got a, we got a good show planned for today, you guys, and for the rest of the month as well. Let me tell you when I say this. Um, in the months, in the few months that I've done this, um. In the few months that I've that I've been doing this this experiment, I've I've had to admit this month has been literally the most relaxing month, despite it being October. Like I'm halfway through my first semester in school. Um, I got a bunch of other stuff piled up on me, but yet at the same time, I feel like I'm in a good spot. You know. I'm in a good spot now. Uh, I was looking through my our, our our sorry our analytics, and I saw that we are at 260 plays. Could you believe that? 260 plays. I I gotta thank you guys for that. Um, which is weird because at the time of this recording, it's October 15th. It's a Thursday, and yesterday before I went to go to sleep, I checked. I went on I went on my anchor account to check and take a look at you know how and see how I'm doing, right? Um but as soon as I got on it, I checked and we were at 220. And this morning, this afternoon before I started recording, I checked it again, you know, just because and I saw that we are at 260. Which means somebody listened 40 times within the span of eight to 10 hours. Well, no, maybe even more, I think, I don't know. But yeah, whoever that person was or whoever those people are, thank you a lot for doing that. Uh, must've been hella, hella bored, but yeah, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, enough, enough of that. Um, so these topics are a recurring theme on our podcast. All right, we're going into today's episode. Sorry. Uh, anyways, going on, going into today's episode. Uh, these topics are a recurring theme on our show, uh, and frankly, you guys just seem to love them, and I seem to love them, especially during the research part, because like I'm reading this, and uh, usually when I read this, my room is all quiet. And I'm like, anything could happen now, bro. DB Cooper could pop out of the fucking closet and come and you know snap my neck or some shit. Um. And and for some reason I like that you know I like the thrill of the thrill of the rush even though there's nothing thrilling about this at all but yeah okay but getting into today's episode again uh, today we're going over yet another case and this one is one that has me puzzled I read about I, I this is basically one of the first cases I've ever read um as a kid you know. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not exactly normal. <laughs> um, but anyways, as a kid, I'm not exactly normal. I wasn't exactly normal. Uh, I I used to read. Yes, I actually used to pick up a book and actually read it. It's crazy, huh? Um, but I used to read a lot. And one person that always came up in my books would be JFK. If you guys don't know who that is, you'll find out soon. Uh, but those of you that do know, everybody knows the one puzzling thing about JFK and that is his assassination to this day no one can tell if it was if if he if the assassin acted alone or if he or if he um he was part of a, a major conspiracy who knows and this is one of the cases that that sort of interested i, I was interested um as a kid i remember reading i'm like okay so this guy was passing the motorcade he got shot three times Oh, how the hell is it that no one's been able to determine whether if he if the assassin acted alone or not and that led to several years of wikipedia articles other articles nbc articles cnn articles any articles i could find um just basically kept being posted on that um 
And yeah, that's what we're do we're we're doing that today, ladies and gentlemen. We are going over the assassination of the thirty fifth president of these here United States. I thought, well, it's election year. Why not go? <laughs> why not go a little bit into that? I really shouldn't be though, because it's just an assassination, and you know, people tend to think things wrong. No, I'm not planning an assassination. I'm just going over one. All right, there's a difference. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough of me banter. Enough of me banter, mates. Uh, let's get into today's episode. So why don't you guys go ahead, kick back, relax, crack open a beer, because this, my friends, is the assassination of JFK. Alrighty, let's get into today's episode, Assassination of John F. Kennedy. So for those of you that don't know who John F. Kennedy was, uh, let's go a little bit into, let's go a little bit behind, you know, right? Let's go a little bit over his, his bio, biography. Let's go a little bit into uh, background information. Uh, then we get into the case itself, the timeline, the events that occurred, and well, the aftermath, and we'll go into some theories. For those of you that don't know, JFK, or better yet known as John F. Kennedy, or fully known as, or born as John Fitzgerald Kennedy, uh, or as he was often referred as well as Jack Kennedy, he was an American politician who served as the 35th president of the United States from January of 1961 until his unfortunate assassination in November of 1963. Kennedy served at the height of the Cold War and majority of his work as president concerned relations with the Soviet Union and Cuba. For those of you that do not know, Soviet Union is modern day Russia. Uh, a Democrat, Kennedy represented Massachusetts in the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate prior to becoming president. As most of you guys know, Kennedy was born into a wealthy political family in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, and graduated from Harvard University in 1940 before joining the U.S. Naval Reserve the following year. During World War II, he commanded a series of PT boats in the Pacific Theater and earned the Navy and Marine Corps Medal for his service. After a brief stint in journalism, Kennedy represented a working-class Boston district in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1947 to 1953. He was subsequently elected to the U.S. Senate and served as the junior senator for Massachusetts from 1953 to 1960. While in the Senate, Kennedy published his book, Profiles in Courage, which won a Pulitzer Prize. In the 1960 presidential election, he narrowly defeated Republican opponent Richard Nixon, who was the incumbent vice president. Kennedy's administration included high tensions with communist states in the Cold War. As a result, he increased the number of American military advisors in South Vietnam. In April of 1961, he authorized an attempt to overthrow the Cuban government of Fidel Castro in the Bay of Pigs invasion. Kennedy was author Kennedy authorized the Cuban project in November of 1961. He rejected Operation Northwoods and invasion plan for Cuba in the summer of 1962. That following October, uh, the U.S. Uh, U.S. spy planes discovered Soviet missile bases had been deployed in Cuba, resulting in period of tensions termed. Uh, actually, uh, it became known as the Cuban Missile Crisis, and uh, as most people consider this to be one of his finest moments uh, during his presidency. Because I mean, for all we know, he could have fucked up, and uh, they could have dropped a nuke on us. We could have been none of this. None of, none of this could have existed by now. Anyways, uh, it nearly resulted in the breakout of a global thor thermonuclear conflict. Uh, as you can see, uh, you know how like today uh, they have. They have school shooter drills and earthquake drills. Well, back in the day, if you were a kid in the '60s, uh, they they have they'd have um, what's it called? Uh, fallout, um, fallout shelter drills, where basically they have you hide under the table. I mean, I don't know how the table's gonna stop a nuke, but mm, I guess it works. Uh, anyways, the strategic Hamlet program began in Vietnam during his presidency, and domestically, Kennedy presided over the establishment of the Peace Corps and the continuation of the Apollo space program. He also su uh, supported the civil rights movement, but was only somewhat successful in passing his new frontier domestic policies. Uh, now, here's where we get into... Um, 
uh, the events of our case today. On November 22nd, 1963, he was assassinated in Dallas. Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson assumed the presidency upon Kennedy's death. Marxist and former U.S. Marine Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested for the state crime but was shot and killed by Jack Ruby literally two days after the assassination on November 24th. The FBI and the Warren Commission both concluded that Oswald acted alone in the assassination, but various groups contested the Warren report and believed that Kennedy was a victim of a conspiracy. After Kennedy's death, uh, Congress enacted many of his proposals, including the Civil Rights Act and the Revenue Act of 1964. Kennedy ranks highly in the polls of U.S. presidents, uh, with historians and the general public. His personal life has also been the focus of considerable sustained interest following public revelations in, 19, in the 1970s of his chronic health ailments and extramarital affairs, which means this man, Ken, my boy Kennedy, had his hose. Yes, he had his hose. All right, well. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, the assassination took place on Friday, November 22nd, 1963 at 12.30 p.m. Central Time in Dallas, Texas. While riding in a presidential motorcade through Dealey Plaza, Kennedy was riding with his wife, Jackie Kennedy, and Texas Governor John Connolly. Uh, Connolly's wife, Nellie, was also there, um, and he was fatally shot by a former U.S. Marine Lee Harvey Oswald firing an ambush from a nearby building. Governor Colony was seriously wounded in the attack. The motorcade was rushed to Parkland Memorial Hospital, where Kennedy was pronounced dead 30 minutes after the shooting. Connolly fortunately recovered. Oswald was arrested by the Dallas Police Department 70 minutes after the initial shooting. Oswald was later in charge under Texas state law with the murder of Kennedy, as well as that of Dallas policeman J.D. Tippett, who was also shot. A short time after the assassination at 11:21 a.m. on November 24th, 1963, as televised uh, televised uh, cameras were covering his transfer from city jail to the county jail, Oswald was fatally shot in the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters by Dallas nightclub owner Jack Ruby. Oswald was taken to Parkland Memorial Hospital, where he soon died. Ruby was convicted of Oswald's murder, though it was later overturned on appeal, and Ruby died in prison in 1967 while awaiting a new trial. After a 10-month investigation, the Warren Commission concluded that Oswald assassinated Kennedy alone, and that Ruby had also acted alone in killing Oswald. Kennedy was the eighth president actually he was the eighth and most recent u.s president to die in office and the fourth uh to be assassinated following abraham lincoln james a garfield and william mckinley vice president lyndon b johnson automatically became president upon kennedy's death a later investigation the united states house select committee on assassinations or better known as hsca agreed with the warren commission that kennedy, that the injuries that kennedy and Connolly sustained were caused by oswald's three rifle shots but they also concluded that kennedy was quote-unquote possibly assassinated as a result of a conspiracy as analysis of a dictate of a dictabelt audio recording pointed to the existence of an additional gunshot and therefore quote a high probability that two gunmen fired at the president end quote the committee was not able to identify any individuals or groups involved with the possible conspiracy in addition the hsca found that the original uh the original federal investigations were seriously flawed with respect to information sharing and the possibility of a conspiracy. As recommended by the HSCA, the Dictabel evidence suggesting conspiracy was subsequently re-examined and rejected. It was determined that the Dictabel recorded different gunshots which were fired at another location in, La in Dallas and at a different time which was not related to the assassination in light of the investigative reports determining that, quote, reliable acoustic data do not support a conclusion that there was a second gunman, end quote. The U.S. Justice Department concluded active investigations and stated that, quote, no persuasive evidence can be identified to support the theory of a conspiracy, end quote, in the assassination. Uh, however, Kennedy's assassination is still the subject of widespread debate and has spawned numerous conspiracy theories and alternative scenarios. Polls conducted from 1966 to 2004 found, up to, found that up to 80% of Americans suspected that there was a plot or a cover-up. Damn, bro. If you ask me, I really think that these boys had, had something to do, bro. They had something to do. Anyways, uh, let's, let's get straight into the episode. This is just the premise. Yes, I know the premise took literally eight minutes. Deal with it.
Okay, let's uh, go into a timeline of these events. Okay. So let's go a little bit into the background. Why exactly did Kennedy decide to visit Texas? Well, he chose to travel to Texas to smooth over frictions in the Democratic Party between liberals Ralph Yarbrough and Don Yarbrough. I, I, I do apologize if I butchered that name. Uh, they had no relations. And, they, and he also went there to smooth over frictions with conservative Texas Governor John Connolly. The, the visit was first agreed upon by Kennedy, uh, Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson, who was a Texas native, and Connolly during a meeting in El Paso earlier that June. Uh, Kennedy later decided to embark on the trip with three basic goals in mind. One, help raise more Democratic Party presidential campaign funds contributions. Two, to begin his quest for re-election the following year in November of 1964. And three, to help mend political fences among several leading Texas Democratic Party members who appeared to be fighting politi politically amongst themselves since the Kennedy-Johnson ticket had barely won Texas in 1960. The trip was publicly announced in September of that year, and the exact motorcade, motorcade route was finalized on November 18th and publicly announced a few days before the 22nd. Kennedy's itinerary called for him to arrive at Dallas Love Field via short flight from Caswell Air Force in, in uh, Fort Worth. The motorcade uh, route through Dallas with Kennedy Colony and their wives together in a similar limousine and Johnson uh, and his wife. Uh, two cars behind was intended to give Kennedy maximum exposure to local crowds before his arrival for a lunch on at the trademark where he would meet with civic and business leaders. Um, Kennedy had planned to return to Lovefield to depart for a fundraising dinner in Austin later that night. For the return trip, the agents selected a more direct route, which was approximately four miles or 6.4 kilometers. Some of this uh, route will be used after the assassination. The planned route to the trademark was widely reported in Dallas newspapers several days before the event for the benefit of people who wished to view the motorcade. Uh, to pass directly through downtown Dallas, a route west along Main Street rather than Elm Street was chosen since uh, this was the traditional parade route and provided the maximum building and crowd views. The Main Street section of the route pre uh, precluded a direct turn onto Fort Worth Turnpike exit, which served as an exit to Stimmons Freeway, which was the route to the trademark, as this exit was only accessible from Elm Street. I feel like I'm confusing you guys. I really shouldn't be doing this. Anyways, uh... The day of this incident, on November 22nd, after a breakfast speech in Fort Worth, where Kennedy had stayed overnight after arriving from San Antonio, Houston, and Washington uh, the previous day, Kennedy boarded Air Force One, which departed at 11.10 a.m. and arrived at Love Field 15 minutes, 15 minutes later at 11.25. At around 11.40, Kennedy's motorcade left Love Field for the trip through Dallas, running on a schedule about 10 minutes longer than, plan than the planned 45. Sorry. Due to enthusiastic crowds estimated at 100, 150,000 to, to 200,000 people and two unplanned stops directed by Kennedy. Kennedy's open-top 1961 Lincoln Continental four-door convertible limousine entered Dealey Plaza at 12.30 p.m. Nellie Connolly, the wife of Texas Governor and the First Lady Jackie Kennedy, uh, turned to Kennedy, who was sitting behind her, and commented, saying, quote, Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you, end quote. Kennedy's reply was, no, you certainly can't, end quote, which were his last words. Uh, feel free to rate that Kennedy uh, impression. Uh, if not, uh, please let me know. I want to work on it. Um, my fellow Americans, you vote for me. I will make sure that pizza becomes the fourth emergency service. I'm sorry, I'm having too fun, too much fun with this. This is this is a murder case. Creepy music supposed to be playing in the back. Um, from Houston Street, the limousine made the left turn onto Elm to provide access to Stemmons Freeway exit. As it turned, it passed by the Texas School Book Depository. As it continued down Elm Street, three shots were fired. About 80% of the witnesses recalled hearing three shots. A small number of witnesses recognized the first gunshot shortly after Kennedy began waving for what it was, but there was little reaction from most in the crowd or riding in the motorcade. Many later said that they imagined they heard what was supposed to be a firecracker or a vehicle backfiring. Although some close witnesses recalled seeing the limousine slow down, nearly stop or completely stop the Warren Commission based on the Zapurder film. The Zapurder film is basically uh, this guy, Abraham Zapurder, who was filming at the time of the assassination, he got the whole thing on camera. I seen the film, and um, let's just say I'm glad they had a closed casket at Kennedy's funeral. Anyways, um, 
yeah, if I mentioned the Zapurter film, it's the film, it's the, uh, this guy named Abraham Zapurter, he was filming during the assassination, and he got the whole thing on camera. Anyways, uh, based on the Zapurter film, they found that the limousine had traveled on an average speed of 11.2 miles per hour over the 186 feet of Elm Street immediately proceeding to the fatal headshot within one second of each other, Governor, Governor Colony and Mrs. Kennedy turn abruptly from looking to their left to looking to their right, beginning as a Purdue film rate 162. Connolly, like Kennedy, was a World War II military met, uh, veteran and was a longtime hunter and had testified that he immediately recognized the sound as that of a high-powered rifle and turned his head and torso rightward in an attempt to see Kennedy behind him. He testified that he himself could not see Kennedy, so then he started to turn forward again, turning from his left turning from his right to his left and that his head his head was facing about 20 degrees uh, left of center he was hit in the upper right back by a bullet that did not that he did not hear fired the doctor who operated on Connolly estimated that his head at the time had been uh at the time he was hit had been 27 degrees left of center after Colony was hit he shouted quote oh no 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 my god they're gonna kill us all and quote i would do an impression but i've never heard this colony fellow talk at all so uh First Lady of Texas, Mrs. Colony, testified that just after hearing a loud, frightening noise that came from somewhere behind her and to her right, she turned toward Kennedy and saw him raise up his arms and elbows with his hands in front of his face and throat. She then heard another shot, then Governor Colony yelling. Mrs. Colony turned away from Kennedy toward her husband, at which point another gunshot sounded, and both she and the limousine's rear interior were covered with fragments of skull, blood, and brain. That is disgusting, Jesus Christ. Imagine imagine that man. One day you're just relaxing, you're 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 going you're you're experiencing a lovely parade, seeing the lovely people of Dallas, Texas, and then all of a sudden you hear three shots, you see some guy's brains, blood and pieces of their skull lying around you, their wife is crying in agony, saying, Why him? Oh Jesus Christ, I it must have been Oh shit, man. Must have been terrifying to be Jackie Kennedy, bro. Seeing seeing blood, seeing the blood of her husband spilling out. Okay, that, that's too much. Uh, according to the Warren Commission and the House Select Committee on Assassinations, Kennedy was waiting to the crowds on his right, uh, on his right, with his right arm raised on the side of the limo when a shot entered his upper back and penetrated his neck, slightly damaged a spinal vertebra and top of his right lung. The bullet exited his throat, uh, nearly center line, just beneath his larynx and nickeled the left side of a suit tie knot. He raised his elbows and clenched his fist in front of his face and neck, then leaned forward and left. Mrs. Kennedy facing him then put her arms around him in concern. According to the Warren's Commission single bullet theory, Governor Colony also reacted after the same bullet penetrated his back uh, just below his right armpit. The bullet created an oval-shaped entry wound, impacted and destroyed four inches of his right fifth rib and exited his chest just below his right nipple this created a two and a half there's an ant on me get this ant off me i'm sorry uh this created a two and a half inch oval oval shaped air sucking chest wound the same bullet then entered his right arm wait his oh shit i think i messed up oh wait and uh, the, the same bullet entered his arm just above his right wrist and clean shattered his right radius bone into eight pieces. Jesus Christ, the high-powered rifle. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, as you guys could see, after Kennedy was shot in the head, Miss Kennedy began climbing out onto the back of the limousine, though she later had no recollection of doing so. He'll believe she was reaching for something, perhaps a piece of Kennedy's skull, and... Uh, he jumped onto the back of the limousine while at the same time Mrs. Kennedy returned to her seat and he clung to the car as it exited Dealey Plaza and accelerated speeding to Parkland Memorial after Mrs. Kennedy crawled back into her limousine seat. Both Governor and Mrs. Connolly heard her repeatedly say, quote, they have killed my husband. I have my brain brains in his hand, end quote. Mrs. Kennedy recalled, quote, all the right, all the right to the hospital. I kept bending over and saying, Jack, Jack, can you hear me? I love you, Jack. I kept holding the top of his head down, trying to keep his brains in, end quote. Jesus fuck. That is... Oh, boy. That's... Damn. Jesus Christ.
Okay. Oh boy, that's oh fuck. I can handle it now, but oh god. Anyways, the aftermath in Dealey Plaza. The limousine was passing the grassy knoll on uh, to the north of Elm Street at the time of the fatal headshot. As the motorcade left Dealey Plaza, police officers and spectators ran up to the grassy hill from the tri uh, triple underpass to the area behind a five-foot height stockade fence atop the knoll separating from a from separating it from a parking lot no sniper was found there sm holland who had been watching the motorcade uh on the triple underpass testified that quote that in quote unquote immediately after the shots were fired he saw a puff of smoke rising from the trees right by the stockade fence and then ran around the corner where the overpass joined the fence but did not see anyone running from that area lee bowers was in a two-story railroad switch tower which gave him an obscured unobstructed view of the rear of the stockade fence atop the greasy knoll he saw four men in the area between his tower and elm street two men who seemed to not know each other near the triple underpass some 10 to 15 feet apart and one or two uniformed parking lot attendants at the time of the shooting he saw quote unquote something out of the ordinary a sort of miling around which he could not identify bowers testified that one or both of the men were still there when the motorcycle off when motorcycle officer clyde haygood ran out to the grassy knoll to the back of the fence in 1966 in a 1966 interview bowers clarified that the two men he saw were standing in the opening between the pergola and the fence and that quote unquote no one was behind the fence at the time the shots were fired meanwhile howard brennan a steam fitter who had been sitting across the street and from the Texas school, box, school book depository approached police to say that as a motorcade had passed, he heard a shot come from above and then looked up to see a man with a rifle take another shot from a sixth floor corner view window, sixth corner window. Sorry, he said that he had. Uh, seen the same man looking out the window minutes earlier police broadcast brennan's description of his rifle of this rifle taken oh shit i think i messed up oh no police broadcast brennan's description of this man at 12 45 12 48 and 12 55 p.m after the second shot brennan recalled quote this man was aiming for his last shot and maybe paused for another second as though to assure himself that he had hit his mark end quote as brennan spoke to the police in front of the building they were joined by two book depository employees who had been watching the motorcade from windows at the southeast corner of the building's fifth floor one reported hearing three gunshots come directly come from directly over their heads and sounds of a bolt action sniper rifle and cartridges dropping on the floor above police dallas police sealed off the ex off sealed off the exits from the depository approximately between 12 33 and 12 50 p.m there are at least 104 witnesses in Dealey Plaza who were on record with an opinion as to the direction from which the shots came. 54, 51.9% thought that all shots came from the depository building. 33 thought that they thought that they came from either the grassy knoll or a triple underpass. And 9 thought that each shot came from a location entirely distinct from the knoll or the, or the depository. Five people believe that they heard the shots from two locations, and three people thought that the shots originated from a direction consistent with both the knoll and the depository, where the Warren Commission additionally concluded that the three shots were fired and said that a substantial majority of the witnesses stated that the shots were not evenly spaced. Most of the witnesses recalled that the second and third shots were just bunched together. Alright, Lee Harvey Oswald. A lot of you guys may be asking, who is this guy? Well, let's go a little bit behind into his backstory. Lee Harvey Oswald, born October 18th, 1939, was a former U.S. Marine who, well, like I said before, is best known for the assassination of the U.S. president on November 22nd, 1963. Uh, Oswald was honorably released from active duty in the Marine Corps into the reserve and defected to the Soviet Union in October of 1959. He lived in Minsk. Minsk, I think that's how you pronounce it, Minsk, I don't know, anyways, he lived there until June of 1962 and returned to the U.S. with his Russian wife, Marina, he eventually settled in Dallas, five government investigations concluded that Oswald shot and killed Kennedy from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository as the president traveled by motorcade through Dealey Plaza, uh, and yeah, well, basically, he was just a simple simple marine who was discharged and uh 
well he defected to the to to russia in in um what, what does it say in october of 1959 uh most of you guys may not see this as a as a problem some of you guys might but not now mainly because of one reason and that is uh, back in the 60s and the 50s we hate the Russians, um, especially for their communist beliefs. Uh, and basically, we just consider them a national threat. Um, and seeing as how this man uh, said, "Fuck my, fuck my U.S. citizenship. I'm gonna go become a commie," they thought maybe his, um, what you call it, his motive for the assassination, assassination could be because, well, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the fact that Kennedy was. Uh, the fact that Kennedy was um, going against all these Russians, and well, I guess people think that maybe Oswald possibly could have assassinated him for political reasons. Um, anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, right. Anyways, back to the day. After Oswald's supervisor at the depository reported him missing, police broadcast his description as a suspect in the shooting at the Dealey Plaza. Police officer J.D. Tippett subsequently spotted Oswald walking along a sidewalk in the residential neighborhood of Oak Cliff, nearly three miles from Dealey Plaza, and called him over to a patrol car. Patrol car. After an exchange of words, Tippett got out of his car and Oswald shot Tippett four times, emptied the bullet casings from his gun, and left. Uh, Oswald was subsequently seen ducking into the entrance a clove of a store by the store managers who then watched Oswald continue up the street and slip into the Texas theater without paying. The store manager alerted the theater's ticket clerk uh, who telephoned the cops, who called the cops, I mean, and about 1.40 p.m. officers arrived and arrested Oswald inside the theater. According to one of the officers, Oswald resisted and was attempting to draw his pistol when he was struck and restrained. Oswald was charged with the murders of Kennedy and Tippett later that night, and he denied shooting anyone and claimed that he was being made a patsy because he had lived in the Soviet Union. On Sunday, November 24th, 11.22 a.m., Oswald, as Oswald was being escorted to a car in the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters for the transfer from city jail to county jail, he was fatally shot by Dallas nightclub owner Jack Ruby. The shooting was broadcast live on American television. And uh, unconscious, Oswald was taken by ambulance to Parkland Memorial Hospital, where Kennedy had died two days earlier. Oswald died, died at 1.07 p.m. Oswald's death was announced on on a TV news broadcast by Dallas Police Chief Jesse Curry. An autopsy later that day concluded that Oswald had been killed by a gunshot wound to the chest. Arrested immediately after the shooting, Ruby said that he had been distraught by Kennedy's death and that Oswald would spare, quote-unquote, Miss Kennedy the discomfort of coming back to trial. An Italian Carcano M91 38 bolt action rifle was found on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository by Deputy Constable Seymour Weitzman and Deputy Sheriff Eugene Boone. Soon after the assassination, the recovery was filmed by Tom Alejo of WFAA TV. The footage shows the rifle to be a Carcano, and photographic analysis commissioned by the HSCA verified that the rifle filmed was the one later identified as the assassination weapon. Compared to photographs taken of Oswald holding the rifle in his backyard, quote, one notch in the stock at a point that appears very faintly in the photograph, quote, matched as well as his rifle's dimensions. The rifle had been purchased secondhand by Oswald the previous March under an alias, A. Hiddell, and delivered to a post box office he rented in Dallas. According to the Warren Report, a partial palm, palm, partial palm print belonging to Oswald was also found on the barrel, uh, and fibers found in a service of the rifle were consistent with the fibers from the shirt Oswald was wearing when he was arrested. A bullet found on Governor Colony's hospital gurney and two bullet fragments found in the limousine were basically uh, were ballistically matched to his rifle. In a death certificate executed the following day, Kennedy's personal physician, George Berkeley, recited that uh, he arrived at the hospital some five minutes after Kennedy did, and though the Secret Service personnel reported that Kennedy had been breathing, he immediately saw that survival was impossible. Certificate listed gunshot wound skull as the cause of death. Kennedy was pronounced dead at 1 p.m. after heart activity ceased. Father Oscar Huber administered the last rites of the Roman Catholic Church. Huber told the New York Times that by the time he had arrived at the hospital, Kennedy had died, so he had to draw back a sheet after covering Kennedy's face to administer the sacrament of extreme unction. 
Kennedy's death was announced by the White House Acting Press Secretary Malcolm Kidloff at 1.33 p.m. Uh, Governor Colony, meanwhile, was taken to emergency sur surgery where he underwent two operations that day. Members of Kennedy's security detail were attempting to remove Kennedy's body from the hospital when they briefly scuffled with Dallas officials, including Dallas County Coroner Earl Rose, who believed that he was legally obligated to perform an autopsy before Kennedy was removed. The Secret Service pushed through and Rose eventually stepped aside. Forensic panel of the HSCA, of which Rose was a member, later said that the Texas law made it responsibility of the Justice of the Peace to determine the cause of death and to determine whether an autopsy was needed. A Dallas County uh, Justice of the Peace uh, signed the official record of the inquest as well as a, a second certificate of death. A few minutes after 2 p.m., Kennedy's body was taken from Parkland Hospital to Love Field and his casket was loaded into the rear of, pa of the passenger compartment of Air Force One in the plane of a removed row of seats. Vice President Lyndon, Lyndon B. Johnson had accompanied Kennedy to Dallas and had been riding two cars behind Kennedy's limousine in the motorcade. At 2.38 p.m., Jackie Kennedy at his side, he administered the oath of the office signed by a federal judge Sarah T. Hughes aboard Air Force One shortly before departing for Washington. Kennedy's autopsy was, was performed at Bestata Naval Hospital in Bestata, Maryland between uh, between 8 p.m. and midnight Eastern Standard, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it was performed at a naval hospital at the request of Jackie Kennedy on the basis that President Kennedy had been a naval officer during World War II. Ooh, shit. As of today, no radio or television stations broadcast the assassination live. Most media crews did not ride with a, with a motorcade, but were instead waiting at the Dallas trademark in anticipation of Kennedy's arrival there. Members of the media who were with the motorcade were riding at the rear of the procession. Uh, the Dallas police were recording their audio transmissions over two different channels. Channel 1 was used for routine police communications, while Channel 2 was dedicated to uh, uh, the motorcade until shots were fired. Most of the traffic on the second channel was police chief Jesse Curry's updates on motorcade on the motorcade's location. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get exactly into this investigation. Let's go a little bit behind the theories, a little bit behind the script, the scenes, and well, let's uh, let's get into it. <laughs> After the delete, after the lease, oh, fuck Jesus Christ, I'm dyslexic, folks. After the Dallas police arrested Oswald and connect and collected physical evidence at the crime scenes, they held Oswald at their headquarters, questioning him all afternoon about the shootings of Kennedy and Tippett. They intermittently questioned him for 12 hours between 2.30 and 11 a.m. on November 22nd and November 24th. Throughout, Oswald denied any involvement with either shooting Captain Fritz of the Homicide and Robbery Bureau did most of the questioning. He got only rudimentary notes, and days later, he wrote a report of the interrogation from notes he made afterwards. There were no stenographic or tape recordings. Representatives of other law enforcement agencies were also present, including the FBI and Secret Service, and occasionally participated in the questioning. Several of the FBI agents who were present wrote contemporaneous reports of the interrogation. On the evening of the assassination, Dallas police performed paraffin tests on Oswald's hand and right cheek in an effort to establish whether he had whether or whether or not he had uh, recently fired a weapon. The results were positive from the hands and negative for the right cheek. Such tests were unreliable, and the Warren Commission did not rely on these results. Oswald provided little information during his questioning. Whether when confronted with evidence that he could not explain, he resorted to statements that were found to be false. On December 9, 1963, days after the assassination, the Warren Commission received the FBI's reports of its investigation, which concluded that three bullets had been fired, the first hitting Kennedy, the second hitting Colony, and the third hitting Kennedy in the head, which was a fatal shot. The Warren Commission concluded that one of three shots missed, one passed through Kennedy and then struck Connerly, and the third struck Kennedy in his head. The President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, known officially, unofficially as the Warren Commission, was established on November 29th by President Johnson to investigate the assassination. Its 888-page final report was presented to Johnson on September 24, 1964 and made public three days later on, um, on the 27th. It concluded that Harvey had acted alone in killing Kennedy and wounded Connolly, and that J Jack Ruby had acted alone in killing Oswald. The commission's findings had proven controversial and variously criticized by support later studies. 
Or at least that's, uh, well, that's what they pretty much say, but a lot of people tend to say otherwise. Many conspiracy theories involve people or organizations in addition to Lee Harvey Oswald. Most current theories put forth a criminal conspiracy involving parties as varied as the FBI, the CIA, the U.S. military, the mafia, Vice President Johnson, uh, Cuban President Fidel Castro, even the KGB, or a combination of those entities. Public opinion polls have consistently shown that a majority of Americans believe that there is a conspiracy to kill Kennedy. About, I don't know, 80% of Americans in 2004 said that, yeah, bro, I totally believe that they, they shot that boy. And personally, I think, I think there was a conspiracy. I don't, I highly doubt Oswald was enough. Because, I mean, yeah, sure, Oswald may have been involved in it due to his communist uh, relations and only that. I mean, he only probably went in on it because they're like, hey, man, you're a communist. You want to kill this guy, don't you? And Oswald is like, yeah, sure, bud. And they're like, like, okay, well, we'll pay for the money and uh, you just take the blame. And Oswald was like, I do it for Mother Russia. I'm so sorry if I messed up. If, If that was offensive, I had to apologize. Okay, all right. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What was I going to say? I completely forgot what I was going to say. And now I know that I can't put any music on here because I, I it's silence. And you guys are only going to hear the music. God damn it. All right, anyways. Okay, there are allegations of evidence suppression and tapping and fabrication uh so a lot of them being ignored testimony some assassination researchers assert that witness statements indicating a conspiracy were ignored by the warren commission josiah thompson stated that the commission ignored the testimony of seven eyewitnesses who saw who said they saw a smoke in the vicinity of the grassy knoll at the time of the assassination as well as as an eighth witness who said he smelled gunpowder. Jim Mars, who wrote that the commission wrote that the commission did not seek the testimony of eyewitnesses on the triple underpass, whose statements pointed to a shooter on the grassy knoll. There is also confiscated film and photographs. Other researchers reported that witnesses who captured the assassinations via photographs or film had their cameras confiscated by police and other authorities. Author Jim Mars and documentary producer Nigel Turner both presented the account of the Golden Arnold of Gordon of Gordon Arnold, who said that his film of the motorcade was taken by two policemen shortly after the assassination. Another witness identified as Beverly Oliver came forward in 1970 and said that she was the Babushka lady. Those of you that do not know, the Babushka lady uh, is an unknown woman who was present during the 1963 assassination of JFK. She might have photographed the events that occurred in Dallas's Daily Plaza at the time of Kennedy's assassination. Her nickname arose from the headscarf she wrote, which is similar to the scars worn by elderly Russian women, uh, which translates to Babushka. Babushka means grandmother or older woman in Russian. The Babushka Lee was seen to be holding a camera by eyewitnesses and also seen uh, in film accounts of assassinations she was observed as standing on the grass between elm and main street and is visible in the zaperta film as well as other films of orville nix mary much more and mark bell after the shooting she crossed elm street and joined the crowd she went up to the grassy knoll she's last seen on photographs walking east on elm street neither she nor the film may uh, have been identified or positive positively identified no no photograph within her frame captured her face because in all cases she was either facing away from the camera or, as in the case of Saperta film, her face was obscured by her own camera. Like I said before, a lot of people believe that this woman could have been Beverly Oliver. In 1970, she claimed she told conspiracy, conspiracy researcher Gary Shaw at a church revival meeting in Joshua, Texas, that she was a babushka lady. Oliver stated that she filmed the assassination with a Super A film, Yashika, and that she turned the undeveloped film, undeveloped film over to two identified Two, identif- two men who identify themselves as FBI agents. Uh, according to Oliver, she obtained no receipt from the men who told her that they would return the film to her within 10 days. She did not follow up with an inquiry, and she reiterated her claims uh, in 1988. In the 1980 documentary, The Men Who Killed Kennedy, according to Vincent Bugaliosi, Oliver, quote, has never proved to most people's satisfaction that she was in the Daily Plaza that day, end quote. 
Confronted with the fact that the Yashica Super 8 camera was not made until 1969, she stated that she received the experimental camera from a friend who was not even sure the manufacturer's name was on it. Beverly's Oliver, Beverly Oliver's claims were the basis of a scene in Oliver Stone's 1991 film JFK, in which the character named Beverly meets Jim Garrison in the Dallas nightclub, played by Lolita De Davidovich. She's depicted in the director's cut as wearing a headscarf at the Dealey Plaza and speaking of having given the film she shot to two men claiming to be FBI agents. Oh boy. Anyways. Um, all oh, right, 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 right. Right. I already said that. Uh, there was also withheld documents. Richard Byer and others have complained that many documents pertaining to the assassination have been withheld over the years, including documents from investigations made by the Warren Commission, the House Select of Committee Assassinations, and the Church Committee. These documents were individually included uh, in the President's autopsy report. Some documents are not scheduled for a 2029 release. Many documents were released during the mid to late 1990s by Assassination Records Review Boards, or the ARRB, under the President, other the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992. However, some of the material released contains redacted sections, tax return information, which identify the employers and sources of income, had not been. Had, has not yet been released. The existence of several secret documents related to these assassinations, as well as the long period of secrecy, suggests to some the possibility of a cover-up. One historian noted that, quote, there exists widespread suspicion about the government's deposition of the Kennedy assassination records stemming from the beliefs that federal officials, one, have not made all available government assassination records, even to the Warren Commission, Church Committee, House Assassination Committee, and two, have heavily redacted the records released under FOIA in order to cover up sinister conspiracies, according to the ARP, ARRB, all quote-unquote quote all Warren Commission records, except for those that contain tax return information are now available to the public with only minor redactions, end quote, in response to a Fed Freedom of Information Act request filled by journalist Jefferson Morley. The CIA stated in 2010 that it had over 1,100 documents in relation to the assassination, about 2,000 pages in, store, in total, that have not been released due to national security-related concerns. Some researchers have alleged that various items of physical evidence have been tampered with, including the single bullet, also known as the magic bullet by some critics critics of official explanations. Various bullet cartridges of fragments, the presidential's limousine, presidential limousine's windshield, and a paperback in which the Warren Commission said Oswald hid the rifle. The so-called backyard photos depicting Oswald holding the rifle, the Zapurter film, the photographs, and the radiographs obtained Kennedy's autopsy and the president's dead body itself. Among the evidence, Oswald are autographed among the evidence against Oswald are photographs of him holding a Carcano rifle in his backyard, a weapon identified by the Warren Commission as the assassination weapon. The House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that the Oswald photos are genuine. Oswald's wife, Marina Oswald, said that she took them. In a 2009 journal position published by the findings sorry, of Haney Fareed, a professor in the Department of Computer Science and Dartmouth College who used 3D modeling software to analyze one of the photographs. He demonstrated that a single light source could create seemingly incongruent, incongruent shadows and concluded that the photograph revealed no evidence of tampering. Many researchers, including Robert Gordon, assert that these photos are completely fake. And Gordon said in 1979 that four autopsy photographs showing the back of Kennedy's head were forged to hide a wound fired from the second gunman. According to Gordon, a photograph of a cadaver of a cadaver's head was inserted over another, depicting a large exit wound in the back of the president's head. HSCA Chief G. Robert Bake Blackley, Blackley, Blackie stated that the that the quote suggestion that the committee would participate in a cover-up is absurd end quote and that gordon was quote not competent to make a judgment on whether the photograph had been altered quote blakely stated that the photograph analysis panel for the committee had examined the photographs that they quote unquote considered everything that gordon had to say end quote rejected it end quote uh, in, in his 1981 book, Best Evidence, author David Lifton presented his thesis that Kennedy's body had been altered between uh, the, Dallas the Dallas Hospital and the autopsy site at Bisthita for purposes of creating erroneous conclusions about the number of directions in the, uh, of the shots. Um, 
there's also theories about fabrication uh, of evidence, but a lot of that it's really um it's really complicated. A lot of big boy words and uh, all that stuff. There are also allegations of multiple gunmen. The Warren Commission concluded that three shots were fired from the Texas School Book Depository in a time ranging from approximately 4.8 to in a, to in excess of seven seconds. End quote. Some some assassination researchers, researchers including Anthony Summers, dispute the commission's findings. They point to uh, they point to evidence that brings into question the number of shots fired, the origins of shot, and Oswald's ability to accurately fire three shots in such a short amount of time. These researchers, researchers suggest that multiple gunmen were involved. Well, I mean, to be fair, Oswald was, yes, he was in the Marines, and uh, he was heavily praised in the Marines for his actions as a marksman. He was a marksman, for those of you that don't know. Marksman means they know, they know where to hit, you feel me? They, they got that green arrow style, bro. That green arrow accuracy, bro. Fucking boom, bullseye. Anyways, uh, yeah. I do think Oswald was one of the shooters. Um, He could have fired those shots in time because, I mean, he was a marksmanship. The Warren Commission examined the capabilities of the Carcano rifle and ammunition as well as Oswald's military training and post-military experience, experience sorry, and determined that Oswald had the ability to fire three shots with a time span of 4.8 to 5.6 seconds. According to the report, an Army specialist using Oswald's rifle was able to duplicate the feat and even improved on the time. The report also states that the Army that the Army Infantry Weapons Evaluation Branch chest fired Oswald's fire 47 times and found that it was quite accurate, comparing it to the accuracy of an M14 rifle. Also contained in the commission report is a testimony by Marine Corps Major Eugene Anderson confirming that Oswald's military records show that he was qualified as a sharpshooter. In 1956, according to Marine Corps records, Oswald tested in shooting... Test, was tested in shooting in December 1956, scoring 2-1-2, slightly above the minimum for qualification as a short shooter and intermediate, uh, the inter intermediate category. But in May of 1959, he scored a 191, earning the lower designation of that of a marksman. The highest marksmanship category in the Marine Corps is expert 220. Uh, despite Oswald's confirmed marksmanship in the USMC, conspiracy theories like Walt Brown and Arthur, such as Richard H. Popkin contend that Oswald was notoriously poor shot, was a notoriously poor shot, and his rifle was inaccurate, and that no reconstruction of the event has ever been able to duplicate his ability to fire three shots given the time frame by the Warren Commission. Uh, the Warren Commission concluded that there, that quote, there is no evidence of that Oswald was involved in a conspiracy directed at the assassination of, of the president. End quote. Whatever that means, Warren Commission. Um, what was I saying? Oh, right. Uh, in addition to Oswald, Jerome Croth has named 26 people as possible assassins in, D in Dealey Plaza that day. Some of them include people named such as Orlando Bosch, James Flies, Desmond Fitzgerald, Charles Harrelson, Jerry Hemming, Chauncey Holt, Howard Hunt, Charles Nicoletti, Charles Rogers, Johnny Rosselli, Lucien Satari, and Frank Sturgis. Notice how a lot of these are Italian. Well, that's where we're, that's that, that that leads us into our next theory. There's a theory saying that it could have been possible that the mob may have been involved, and even Sam's uh, Sam Giancani, one of the one of the mob leaders for I think it was the Chicago Syndicate mob or something like that. Uh, one of the guys, one of those guys, even stated that. Um, I'm sorry, one of those guys was supposed to show up to record, but was assassinated literally a day before he was due to appear in court. Uh, the story goes that um, JFK's father, Jack, I mean, Joseph Kennedy, um, had been in business with Sam Giancana in the bootlegging industry during the 1920s. For those of you that don't know, bootlegging industry meant that people had to make their own alcohol because, well, the alcohol was illegal back then. And so they made their own. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Right, uh, there was there were stories that that Joseph Kennedy had been involved with this Sam with this mobster fellow, and that maybe even John Giancana contributed to Kennedy's uh presidential run in 1960, which uh could have kind of sounds kind of sus, which would explain which would. Go to say why would he kill this guy if he supported the money? Maybe 
it's because he wouldn't pay him back or what's what's the dealio here broski not making sense here but i don't know who knows he could have been involved he could have not we won't know because homie got shot literally a day before and anyways it could have been possible that he sent one of his boys to go get him uh, there's even a theory saying that Dallas police officer J.D. Tippett, one of the guys who was shot by Oswald, has been named in some conspiracy theories as a renegade uh, as a renegade CIA operative to silence Oswald as the badge man assassin on the grassy knoll. According to some Warren Commission critics, Oswald was set up to be killed by Tippett, but Tippett was killed by Oswald before he could carry out his assignment. Other critics doubt that Tippett was killed by Oswald and assert that he was shot by uh, conspirators. Some critics uh, have alleged that Tippett, who was associated with organized crime, was sorry. Uh, some critics have alleged that Tippett was even associated with crime, with organized crime or right-wing politics. In the documentary JFK to 9/11, everything is a rich man's trick. Francis Connolly claims that Tippett was shot because his looks resembled Kennedy's. As the assassination plot did not go as planned, the conspirators were going to need a second body, and Tippett's body and JFK's body were switched on Air Force Two. I've never seen a picture of this officer. I don't. Jesus Christ, this guy is. That face looks like it would give you nightmares. Jesus Christ, he does not look like Kennedy. That is a shitty theory, bro. This does not. Okay. Well, I'm looking at pictures of this JD Tippett fella, and he does not look like him. It uh, kind of scared the shit out of me because it was a zoom up of his face, and it's, uh, it's one of those sketching. But, yeah, no. This ain't it. Uh, there's also unidentified witnesses before the babushka lady was one of them there's also another one called the umbrella man the so-called umbrella man was one of the closest bystanders to the president when he was first struck by a bullet the umbrella man has become a subject of conspiracy theories after footage of the assassination showed him holding an umbrella an open umbrella as the kennedy motorcade passed despite this the fact Despite the fact that it was not raining at the time, one conspiracy theory proposed by assassination researcher Robert Cutler suggests that a dart with a paralyzing agent could have been fired from the umbrella to sailing Kennedy and making him a sitting duck for the assassination. In 1975, CIA weapons developer Charles Sainsey told the Senate Intelligence Committee that such that such an umbrella weapon was in the hands of CIA in 1963. A more prevailing conspiracy theory holds that the umbrella man, the umbrella could have been used to provide visual signals to hidden gunmen. In 1978, Louis Stephen Witt came forward and identified himself as the umbrella man, testifying before the U.S. House Select Committee on Assassinations, which stated uh, uh, which stated that he bought the umbrella to heckle Kennedy and protest the appeasement of policies of his president of the president's father, Joseph Kennedy. He added, "Quote: I think of the Guinness Book Guinness Book of World Records had a category for people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing nothing wrong. I would be number one in that position without a close." runner-up end quote some researchers have noted the number of consistencies with which story however they do not believe him to be the true umbrella man the umbrella man is a subject of a 2011 documentary short by errol morris for the new york times there's another theory there's another such that saying there's another sorry unidentified witness called the dark complected man an unidentified visual who's re who's referred to by some conspiracy theories as the dark complected man and can be seen in several photographs taken after the assassination, sitting on the sidewalk next to the umbrella man on the north side of Elm Street, who identified himself as the umbrella man, said he was unable to identify uh, unable to identify uh, the other individual whose dark complexion has led some conspiracy theories to speculate Cuban government involvement or Cuban exile involvement in the assassination of Kennedy. Uh, Badge man, Badge man, and Tin Hat Man are figures on the grassy knoll who. It is alleged can be seen in the Mary Mormon photo taken approximately one sixth of a second after President Kennedy was struck in the fatal head wound. The figures were discovered by researchers Jack White and, J and Gary Mack and are discussed in a 1960, 1988 sorry, documentary called The Man Who The Man Who Killed Kennedy, where it is alleged a third figure can also be seen uh, on the grassy knoll, possibly eyewitnesses Gordon Gold Gor Gordon Arnold, sorry. The Batman figure also appears, also as he appears to be wearing a similar uniform similar to that worn by policemen with a badge prominent, helped fuel conspiracy theories linking Dallas police officers or someone impersonating a police officer to the assassination. Another figure that has been a subject of conspiracy is called is a so-called black dog figure. 
who can be seen uh, at the corner of the retaining wall in the Willis Blechner photo of the assassination in an interview, Marilyn Schitzman, Sitzman, sorry, told Josiah Thompson that she saw a young black couple who were eating lunch and drinking Cokes on the bench behind the wall. And therefore, it is possible that the black dog man figure is actually the black woman and her child. If so, the woman has never come forward to identify herself. In the killing of a president by Robert Gordon, he argues that the black dog man figure can be seen in a pair of Paracantha Bush in frame 413 of Zapurda film. The United States House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that the head of the individual could be seen that the individual individual was stated in front of in front of rather than behind the bushes. Bill Miller argues that this individual is actually the eyewitness Emmett Hudson. Um, there's also Another conspiracy saying the New Orleans conspiracy soon after the assassination, Oswald's activities in New Orleans, Louisiana, during the spring of 1963, uh, came under scrutiny three days after the assassination of Kennedy on November 25th. New Orleans attorney Dean Andrews told the FBI that he received a telephone call from a man named Clay Burtonette on the day of the assassination asking him to defend Oswald. Andrews later wrote, uh, will later repeat this claim in testimony to Warren Commission. Also, in late 1963, an employee of New Orleans private investigator Guy Bassner named Jack Martin uh, began making accusations that Bannister employee David Fury was involved in the JFK assassination. Martin told the police that Fury was supposed to have been the, uh, the getaway pilot in the assassination. He said that Fury had outlined uh, plans to kill Kennedy and that Fury might have taught Oswald how to use a, teles a rifle with a telescope excite. Martin claimed that Fury had known Oswald from their days in the New Orleans Civil Air Patrol and that he had seen a photograph at Fury's home of Oswald in a Civil Air Patrol group. Fury denied any association with Oswald and, well, that conspiracy remains there. The CIA conspiracy addressing speculation that the Oswald was CIA agent or had some relationship uh, with the agency. The Warren Commission stated in 1964 that their investigation revealed no evidence that Oswald was ever employed by the CIA in any capacity. Well, why they may be asking why did the CIA kill the U.S. president? Well, earlier in his presidency, Kennedy had cut their budget uh, due to um, the Bay of Pigs invasions. Now, for those of you that don't know what the fuck the Bay of Pigs invasion is, I consider taking a history class or just googling it because I don't feel like really explaining it, or just play Black Ops One and uh, the first mission of Black Ops One. That should do it. There's also a shadow government conspiracy, uh, which suggests uh, wealthy industrialists and right-wing politicians ordered the assassination of Kennedy. Peter Dale Scott has indicated that Kennedy's death allowed for policy reversals desired by secret governments to escalate the United States' military involvement in NAM. Uh, there was also another military-industrial complex. Again, same thing with the CIA uh, cut funding. Cut funding. There was also Cuban exiles and an organized crime conspiracy. Again. Uh, which I was talking about earlier. Um, same thing. There's also a Lyndon B. Con a Lyndon B. Johnson conspiracy. Uh, in 2003, Gallup poll indicated that nearly 20% of Americans suspected vice president of being involved in the assassination of Kennedy. Critics of the Warren Commission have accused us, uh, Johnson of plotting assassinations because he disliked the Kennedys and feared that he would be dropped from the Democratic ticket for the 1964 collection uh, election. Sorry. I mean, I really think that this. Uh, this theory is kind of BS mm, uh, uh, for one reason only and one reason. Um, Johnson hated being president. Uh, in his exit interview, I've read report uh, articles on this guy after he left office and he's like, dude, being president was like the most stressful shit of my life. I don't, I, I don't really want to do it again. It's something that he didn't like. So I really doubt. I mean, he could have been like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to be president. But then it, it, it bit him in the ass. It bit him in the ass. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, Soviet government, uh, Cuban and uh, Soviet uh, government conspiracy, because, again, I mean, these were high tensions the, in the during the Cold War. A lot of shit like that happened. And, uh, well, yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to discuss here. There's a lot to discuss here. And it would take three whole fucking days to to discuss them. But this is just this is just that that's just that it's just that. All right, all right. 
Uh, anyways, in the aftermath, the plane that served as Air Force One at the time of the assassination is on display at the National Museum of United States Air Force in Dayton, Ohio. The 1961 Continental Limousine is on display at the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. Jackie Kennedy's pink suit, the autopsy reward, the x-rays, and President Kennedy's bloodstained clothing are in the National Archives with access controlled by, Ken by the Kennedy family. Other items in the archives include equipment from Parkland from the Parkland Hospital Trauma Room, Oswald's rifle, diary, and revolver, bullet fragmentations, and the windshield of Kennedy's limousine. The Lincoln catalog on which Kennedy's coffins rested in the Capitol is on display at the United States Capitol Visitor Center. In 1993, the three-acre park within Dealey Plaza, the buildings facing on the overpass, any portion of the adjacent rail yard, including the railroad switch tower, were incorporated into the Dealey Plaza Historic District by the National Park Service. Much of the area is accessible by visitors, including the park and Grassy Knoll. Elm Street is active through air, through fair, and an X painted on the road parks the appropriate spot of which the shots struck Kennedy and Colony. The Texas School Book, the School Book Depository, and Six Floors. Uh, museum draw over 325,000 visitors annually and contains a recreation of the area from which Oswald fired. Uh, the Sixth Floor Museum also manages the John Fitzgerald Memorial Kennedy Memorial, one block lo located one block east of Dealey Plaza. At the direction of the deceased president's brother, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, some items were destroyed by the U.S. government. The casket in which Kennedy's body was transported from Dallas to Washington was dropped into the sea by Air Force, uh, by the Air Force, because quote its public display would be extremely offensive and contrary to public policy. End quote. The Texas State Archives has the clothes Colony was wearing when he was shot. The gun used to kill Oswald later came into the possession of. Ruby, uh, Ruby's, uh, Jack Ruby's older brother, uh, Earl, which was sold in 1991 for $220,000. And well, ladies and gentlemen, as far as this assassination theory goes, that is pretty much it for today. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys so much for watching. Can't thank you guys enough. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys, I hope this shit has you scared to your, to your, uh, what, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but I hope she has you scared. If not, then forgive me. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much, so much for watching. This was really a fun episode. Not well, not fun, but an interesting episode to read uh, in general. And well, I just gotta say thank you guys a lot. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Spread the word. Keep them views up, etc., uh, etc. Et and well, I'll catch you guys. All in the next time. See ya. I've seen better days.